This is a podcast for the moments in life you say to yourself, now what? We will uncover hard topics such as fertility, infertility, the challenges it can bring to women in marriages, miscarriages, abortion, womanhood, identity, motherhood, and more. Wherever you're listening, we're so glad you're here. Now here's Kristen Comstock. Hey guys, this is Kristen Comstock with the Now What Podcast, and uh, we are here to talk about the hard topics like um, sexual trauma, abortion, adoption, fertility, infertility, womanhood, motherhood, all of the things really that we don't often talk about with <laughs> one another, and sometimes we even keep hidden for years. Yeah. So... Um, join us we have had several conversations here with pam um and this is our last piece yeah and we are going to be really talking and diving into uh later adulthood and aftermath and freedom and healing and relationships so we're going to dive all of into that all um in this last piece of our series so just to summarize we started out talking about your early childhood trauma and um the after effects of that then we moved into kind of your young adult your teenage and young adult years continuation of traumas along with promiscuity and even some of the mental and emotional effects it had on you um, up into that point. And now we're we're skipping a little chunk of your life, but we're moving into your later adult years and we're going to talk about that and then where you are now. So we're going to dive in. So just a really little disclosure for you guys. We've asked that if you're committed to listening to this series, that you listen to all parts, not just one part. And also, if you have experienced any of any of these types of traumas that we've discussed, or this has brought up memories yeah. of those traumas, we ask that you reach out. You can private message me on social media. I'm happy to pray with you. I am not equipped and I am okay with saying that to fully help you but what i can do is put you in touch with the right resources unique and specific to you and what you need and so we do ask that if you are struggling or this has brought up any type of emotions or memories that you reach out to us so without further ado we're going to jump right into it so at this point you're you're into your, your adulthood you've now had your child that you left the abortion clinic and that you did not abort Um, and so she's young you've been a single mom for a period of time you really uh, dated some but it was not something that was you were fully pursuing you met a wonderful man Mm -hmm. and you ended up getting married yes um and you ended up having another child. You actually end up having two more children. Yes. But at this point, you end up having another child. And although you love your husband, mm-hmm. you had not fully experienced freedom or healing right. from your past, from your early childhood up until this point. Right. And so 
Um, with that, tell me a little bit about what that adulthood looks like, what your life looked like. Um, you know, we originally talked in the first episode about what your childhood looked like as far as um, living in poverty and, and some of the financial struggles with your other struggles. So I just want to do a good job this time of kind of describing what your life now looks like. You have a young child and you have a, a baby. Um, what did your financial look like? And then tell me a little bit about where you were at personally at this point in time. Well, having uh, my daughter uh, as a single parent motivated me to um, really want change. Um, But the only change I really knew how to have was um, a financial change. Mm -hmm. So um, I knew when I went to work that I would would stay at work. Um, um, And so I worked and I was determined to make sure that we were not going to live in poverty um, and that instead stability of moving around homes, relying on anyone. (laughs) Um, And so I um, went back to church um, and thought, yeah, I I mean, I need God. I need Jesus in my life. And um, again, I'm, I'm surviving. I am a single mother. I'm going to church. I start to understand that Jesus wants a relationship with me. I I I let him in uh to certain areas of my life including my finances and um started tithing. Um what I knew for sure, for sure for sure is I wanted my child to have a different life. So I was going to get her around the right Christians. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the right church. Um, because uh, growing up, you become skeptical and of weary. Really. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I thought, you know, I did it. Oh, I know I did a good job because I look back at this, at the church that uh, she, you know, she was raised in. And um, I, I experienced the village. Uh, that it takes and so um and i was i was then open to being married um at this point i'm 30 years old and i think okay it's not going to happen for me and i'm going to be okay with that um but god had a different plan and i did uh, get married um and what that looked like was i thought okay He's finally here, and I get married, and we say our vows, and I said, I'll trust you. Mm. But I thought I was trusting him never to hurt me. Mm. Um, I was trusting a man, not just a man-man, but just, you know, I wasn't trusting God. Mm. Um, And with marriage, um, although I was experiencing the love, a genuine love from a man, mm-hmm. for me, um, that nothing changed inside. Right. There um, wasn't a heart change for you. No, I was still just surviving. Now I'm living with another adult that has that's selfish and like me. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you're even potentially performing. At up into this point, what you've seen and experience of what love 
that's right yes is supposed to look yes because it's all you've known it's all i've known so that's the love that you're able to give based on what you've been what you've known and what's been modeled for you right and i shown that to him and he stayed right and i thought oh what do i do now because i in a sense had run out of bags my bags of tricks right and it sounds really strange but i didn't know right, I right. what else to, and I did and he stayed and I thought okay I guess I'll marry him and not to minimize him in any way right. um, but it it truly was his love that that brought me right uh, through and held me through even to to this day right. um, so and so yeah. you you get married and you guys are married and you end up you get it you get pregnant yes and you at some point you have to quit your job right right i got really sick you with my second sick. pregnancy so mm. tell me you get sick and you begin to struggle or, or or i shouldn't say you begin to struggle with depression and anxiety but it's Come increased and yes it's, it's bubbled back up yes at a greater yeah, amount. it's come back. <laughs> it's come back tenfold, and uh, put hormones, pregnancy hormones, mm-hmm. on top of that. Um, I am now uh, without a job, so I don't know, and I don't have an identity outside the home. I am only a mother, and I'm struggling to be a wife because I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I don't know a healthy family dynamic inside the house. Um, I don't know how to trust my husband at all, and I want to believe him, and he's still there, but right. I still don't know how to trust him. And so I am now entered a cycle of medication, antipsychotic medications. I am diagnosed, I am treated, I uh, am on a journey, uh, a roller coaster of the right medication, the right dosage, and the right combination. Right, and so I just wanna pause right there, just at the medication piece. At this point, pretty much anybody that talks to you and even hears a sliver of your story is like, okay, I'm gonna give you this, you probably need this. Yes. Oh, and we got to offset this with this. So here you go. Oh, yes. and I think you probably need this for this. So here you go. Here's here's your cocktail. Yes. Right. And have fun with that, basically. Right. All of which are very, sh- I mean, they're strong medications. They're strong. They're strong uh, in hopes, honestly, because, again, I had nothing to distract me from my thoughts of how I was raised. Right. So the goal was to distract me long enough or strong enough to keep me balanced so that I wouldn't, you know, go deep too deep in right, this hole right. of memories of depression and and just absolute just chaos and horror. It was horror. And so at some point you have to come off of the medication. Was that during your pregnancy? It was uh, my my husband had said, can we have another child? And so I was, listen, I was taking these medications because I I felt sick. Right, you were sick. And I was sick, emotionally, spiritually, everything. I was sick, so I took those pills because I had to fight to stay alive for my children. I needed them at the time. And and again, this is pre- some of the other things that we're going to talk about yeah. by the time you really needed them to function. I ha- it was that was it that was it. I was I was just fun- I was thought I was just functioning just at the basic level 
of caring for my children. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I told my husband that I would try to have a child. Um, I would, because I knew I had to stop the medication, right. I would give him six months. And if God hadn't blessed us, then I was going to have to go back on because I had two children to care for. And I just didn't feel it was fair to them to have this roller coaster of a mom already, you know, with medications, but coming off and coming on. And uh, in our first try, we end up getting pregnant. I was very grateful. Um, and then shortly after, um, I wasn't able to breastfeed for too long because I had to go back on those medications because I was now dealing with the hormones again the, and postpartum. And so I go back on this this roller coaster of pills. And I am a stay-home mom who is drowning. And I I used to refer to myself as a dead mom. The one that couldn't get out of bed or wouldn't leave their home and wouldn't do their hair, makeup, and just, again, Mm. it's a survival. There is a survival time that you go through, but I am also simultaneously trying to survive my childhood at the same time. Right, right, right. You're trying to raise children. Um, You're also still trying to survive your your and own i'm trying childhood. to give them a life that i didn't have. and you're trying to be a wife which you don't actually know how to do because it was I never really, modeled other for than sorry other than to have sex with my husband i yeah yeah that was what intimacy looked like to you that was it that was what it that was it like. raise children have sex with your husband that's it that's so, all let's on the children topic let's stay on the children topic for a second how did it affect your ability to parent like what at that time you're either dealing with medication or you're dealing with your depression anxiety postpartum ptsd from the traumas that you've Mm -hmm. been through you're dealing with all these things either with without medication you're dealing with them both at the same time so it's it's a whole like you said cocktail yeah what did parenting look like for you like what what was it like to parent your your daughters at that time it was hard and i was lost i just kept them alive I wasn't parenting I didn't know how to let my husband love me and I didn't trust him Mm -hmm. with my kids with his children Mm -hmm. so I was trying to control everything and I had great moments and you're trying to take care of yourself right the party planner mom Mm -hmm. So it was kind of this perspective from an outsider looking in was a combination of the depression and the anxiety and that at moments would peak out the fun mom or the, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So... So that's parenting. Because you have... And they're young children, so it's not like they're you know, can go fix themselves a sandwich at this point. I mean, they're younger children. Right. Um, what, how did it affect, how did the emotions and stuff like that affect your marriage? What was the effect on your relationship that you're trying to um, figure out, really? 
Well, I we were had a lack of relationship. Uh, he was performing everything he was doing out of obligation. He had to work. He had to come home to a sick wife. He had to cook and help clean and uh, give baths and, you know, uh, and then go to sleep and repeat and do it all over again. And I am blaming him. He is blaming me. He's not there enough. Right. And then I'm not there enough. Uh, I'm not. You're there, but you're not there. Right. I'm not domesticated. I'm not the CEO of my house. And uh, I'm just, again, barely, barely surviving. And I'm isolating. I do not know how to let people help me. Mm. Um, And I isolated myself from God, from church. I allowed others to take my children to church. Um, and I, again, it's just, I isolate it because I, inside I had so many secrets and I just lived in darkness and I, it was so painful when those moments would come out to light that the idea to allow somebody to come in and speak to those uh, wounds, um, felt very painful. So... uh, Staying on the topic of secrets, because you just mentioned secrets, at what point or did you decide to share and tell your husband about your traumas? Did you keep it to yourself? Was that something you shared on later? I'm just curious, because that obviously was a huge element to what was going on with you, and it was a huge piece of who you were at the time. Not who you were meant to be, but who you currently were did you share any of that with him i did i shared uh quite i shared a lot about the sexual abuse before we got married only because um i didn't know if he would still want to be married if he knew that the girl that he met that he fell in love with um to me i i thought was 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 kind of was a lie Mm -hmm. um the the very sexy you know um that was persona yes and this is really what happened to me and i really don't know how to sustain this Mm -hmm. um i know how to do the duty of it but i don't know how to sustain it i don't know how to have passion i don't know how to have desire i don't know even how to want that because i have never wanted it nor would i ever want it that's what i thought right and so it's never given myself permission for that but i did let him in but i have to say other than the sexual trauma the other traumas i used as weapons Mm. against him um to justify my behavior and why i couldn't trust him Mm. and that that was very taxing on our on him and on our relationship but again if he got mad i just in my mind would say see you were gonna leave anyways Mm. but here's the thing he never left he didn't still there you're still there there. (laughs) yeah so let's talk about intimacy first let's stay in marriage and talk about intimacy with marriage and then let's let's talk about it out outside a different type of intimacy but this obviously has an impact and can have an impact on any marriage um 
and the, and when I say intimacy, I yes, I mean including sexual intimacy, but I also mean just intimacy in general. Um, how did that impact? Because there may be a woman or a man listening to this yes. that has experienced a sexual trauma or a childhood, any type of childhood trauma yes. that may have never told anybody right, or has maybe never told their spouse. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to talk about the intimacy piece because we know that God has created us and has brought us together as husband and wife and has created us as one and we're meant to function as one. But what happens with some of these traumas is it kind of creates either a big crack or even just a hairline fracture in the intimacy piece, both sexual and not sexual in our marriage. Right. So what did that look like? I'm assuming there you had trouble with the sexual piece and that could just look like it was a duty and you just, it is what it is. This is my duty. Let's just be done and I'll just fulfill the check. I'll check the box to make sure I'm a quote unquote good wife, right? That's right. Yes. And some of the other um af- uh, some of the other ripple effects is that I um did not know how to be vulnerable enough to stare my husband in the eyes. So if you're someone that um like me may n- say I don't like foreplay. Right. I'm not the cuddly type. Um, I don't know what it's like to have passion. I guess that's just not for me. Um, I don't, you know, all these desires, the, the Hallmark movies, the other side of all right. these images. The, and, it could, and the yeah, intimacy the could stuff. even be, you know, holding that's hands. Right. Yes. Or kissing just because you're kissing your spouse, not because it's going to lead to anything right. else. But right, right, right love them and want to give them a kiss that's right uh it could be hugging that's right um i didn't because there was a time that i didn't trust my husband that any of that would not lead to it right so i um didn't i didn't engage in it Mm -hmm. right you didn't want to hugging kissing flirting i did not want it to lead to that because it didn't ever seem to be my choice anyways Mm -hmm. so um that i i just settled into um that's just not who i am and that's i guess just not i'm just not a cuddler i'm just not i'm just not a very i mean i can't tell you how many women i've heard say just in intimate conversations or in talking about some of these topics in a private setting i can't tell you how many women i've heard yeah i'm just not a physical touch person or yeah i'm just not one of those people that likes to cuddle you know whatever so, and some of that can stem from you don't want to engage in it because you don't want it to lead to the other things. Right. It's such a vulnerability to be in and it's painful to mm-hmm. uh, even accept that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, never even giving yourself permission or an opportunity or a space right. to say, do I even like this? Right. What do I like? Right. Because it was never an option. Right. It was just taken right. and and done for me right and so that there was a missing component there for me receiving right. uh love from the very man that god had sent to me and what healthy intimacy looks like when we have allowed god to come in and restore yes um pieces of your 
yourself, your whole self yeah. um, with your spouse that looks like a healthy sexual desires and foreplay yeah. and holding hands or being able to give your spouse a massage without yeah. it leading to anything else. Or if it does, it's okay. Yeah. You know, that's, that is what God intended. Yeah. Um, but it also can be non-sexual intimacy, such as being able to have one-on-one intimate conversations with your spouse, like your dreams, where you're going, what God and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about your identity and about your life and your dreams. Is that changing? Is your passions changing? All of that is very intimate things that we don't tend to go you know i'm not gonna go tell the world my 10-year plan of what god's told me i'm supposed to do with my life right that's something that i may intimately share with my spouse but that could be an intimacy that's blocked based on traumas that somebody has been experiencing or has experienced in the past absolutely absolutely and um it i i would have to say that most of it stemmed because i thought i was supposed to trust my husband Mm. and that that switch happened for me when i put my trust in the lord Mm. and stop having to trust in necessarily that uh he was my my husband somehow was going to disappoint me because he he was going to disappoint me but god does not disappoint me and so i was able to start asking the questions to myself what does love even mean to me what does it look like i had never been asked that question and i had never asked myself what does love look like and i have to say that's a really good question because i believe just as we were created a unique fingerprint right we all have uniquely we all have a unique story and we've all experienced different things and so our what what we need as humans here on earth and i'm still talking about intimacy with our spouses is gonna look different for every couple yes it is not a one size fits all yes. you have sex every day you clean the house oh, yeah. you work you take care of the kids That's it's a trap. not a one size fits right. all and so and and a trauma is different for everyone yes so from my perspective when i look at your traumas i think I feel like that would affect me so much more. And you're like sitting in front of me, living, breathing, and such a a great example of what God can do with uh, such a tragic experience and start. (laughs) But someone out there could be listening that has experienced, and this is what they're going to tell themselves. Well, I only experienced one molestation and I was never raped and it was just a touch. So I haven't, comparatively speaking, I haven't experienced anything compared to Pam. Right. Well, the reality is, is that one touch, that one molestation. That's right. Could have the same exact impact That's on their right. life than, than it did on yours. It could have the same amount of impact, That's even right. though they didn't maybe experience the, the multiple rapes and That's the right. multiple uh, offenders in their house. That's right. It, that does not, I'm just speaking to that person that's thinking that it doesn't it, have to look like mine. That is a, a trap. It, yeah. it, a comparison is a trap. And a trauma can be a word, 
and it can be an injustice, it can be generational, Mm -hmm. and it could just be your own sin. It does not have to be this big uh, that it seems when you're just hearing me because a word spoken over you, one word can have the same effect and ripple effect that a physical trauma can have. Absolutely. So you can't discount that at all. Yeah. Um, what's so important is when I said the word, my the start of my, my the start of my traumas were so young, but the start of my life was before that, right. and I had no idea. Right. Um, and that is part of the restoration, if to allow the Lord to even speak to that right. of of just how much you actually are and have been loved all along. Right. And. And what we actually had talked about, because we, you know, we were talking about the healing of it, the healing of the traumas and everything, and and you were explaining, you were trying to explain to me the new identity, and what we ended up talking about, and I love this, is that what had happened was the enemy contorted your entire image, your entire identity from that start of that trauma and you were trying to explain you were talking about your now what moment and you were trying to explain why am i still feeling at times the depression or sometimes the anxiety or sometimes piece of the shame or whatever it is and what god really did was a full transplant of your entire image it wasn't really even a healing he completely gave you a transplant a healthy godly heavenly transplant of all the new pieces you needed you needed a new image he gave you a transplant of the new image he gave you a transplant of a new heart of your identity and i think that's why sometimes it's hard because you're like i need healing but i'm still feeling this and what i believe what god wants to do is it like he talks about you're a whole new creation. He wants yeah. to make you a new creation, breathe new life into you. Yes, and he and he helped me rewrite my entire story because he was in it, uh, where I thought I was alone. Right. And so my story, as I go back, all the way back, began with Jesus mm-hmm. and he never left me so he was a he was the main character that was <laughs> left out for for me for 44 years right. now I'm 50 now but I I had this moment at 44 so uh the main character of the story was left out and right. only it was just me and the enemy that was uh there so when you put the main character the creator the author of my story when you put him back in it that's a brand new story and it challenged every thought in my head and my mind i challenged what i was what i had been taught and what i had been seen and what had been told to me and what had been shown to me and what had been spoken over you. that's right challenged it all with God's truth. And so this even changed, you know, we talked about the intimacy with spouses, sexual, non-sexual, but this even affected uh, relationships 
occupational relationships, yeah. friendships, or lack of friendships yeah. with women. Yeah. Um, what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with a man that is not sexual? That's right. Um, and so let's just touch on that really quick. You know, you had this contorted version really of what men only wanted. Right. And now you're a new creation. What does it look like? What do healthy relationships and intimate relationships look like with women? Yep. What does that look like? Um, it looks like um, allowing them to come alongside me, um, to help me not be alone, to help me raise my children, to um, finding uh, sisters that I can say the deep, dark thoughts that are happening in my in my voice, and to process them and challenge them. Um, to help uh, redirect me um, back to the truth uh, in absolute love, to not see me as a competition um, to their husband or to their boyfriend or to their life. Um, And I want to pause there because, and I think this is important for our listeners, is not everyone is safe. That's right. And that's okay. Yes. And and scripture tells us to guard ourselves and to guard our heart. That's right. And so specifically you have learned who is safe and healthy and those people are people that are ultimately going to point you back to the Lord. It's yes. not oh, you're feeling that way, so you should definitely never talk to that person. Oh, you're, you got in an argument with your husband, so you should definitely leave him and get a divorce. Those people are the people that are going to say Pam, you might have been in the wrong a little bit That's right. They're not always going to agree with you. Right. And and what does God say about this? Because based on what you've experienced, there are going to be moments that you might have a flashback. Right. Or you may experience uh, depression or anxiety. Or you may experience a new trauma. That may not be a sexual trauma. You know, we can have all kinds of traumas. Mm -hmm. I know women that have um, their child's gotten injured, not by anybody's fault. And that's a trauma for them. So it can be anything. Yes. But those things can bubble up some things. And the enemy is going to want to use that to create that hairline fracture again. That's right. And so these relationships, when we're praying and seeking out the relationships that God has meant for us to have will help you continue to be that new creation and support you in seeking what God has to say about blank, whatever it is. Absolutely. And it does, it does take a lot of discernment to, to know who those people are. And, and remember, even, even though I told my husband, for instance, my traumas, uh, it doesn't mean that he was equipped to know what to do with any of that information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that same goes with your friends, right. um, which is why, um, with specific to me, it was important for me to seek professional counseling right. in addition to uh, my spiritual counseling right. and my covering, because um, that's a lot. I mean, I want you to love me, and I want you to understand me, and I want you to have sympathy or empathy for me. Right. But... Um, I got to make sure that I'm checking myself, that I am not asking you 
to heal that right. in any right. way because right. you're simply not equipped either. No. And the great thing is And it's not and it's not my job or your husband's job. It's God's job. Yes. And so these people and that goes back to the intimacy. The intimacy is them coming alongside you. Right. You don't and want to displace it you back mm-hmm. to the Lord. Right. Absolutely. You definitely don't want to displace where right. you're getting because right. the, and that and that point that's when and that's a whole nother topic, but at that point that's when we start putting people in in God's position. Yes. And that's dangerous Very. because they they can become an idol. But yeah. That's a whole nother yep. topic. Yep. Um so let's just touch really quickly on a healthy relationship with a man yes. that is not your husband. What does that look like? Well, um, I have received God's full love and forgiveness, and I read about who I am all the time in this mm-hmm. really cool book. It's called the Bible, <laughs> with a lot of help, by the way. Um, and so I pursued that because I want to know who I am. The more I became aware of who I am, I firmly know that I am not a man's temptation Mm. and they are not my enemy. And so I get to, for the first time, and this is, it's just six years new, um, I can hug my brothers um, from a hug straight from Jesus himself. Mm. And know that I'm not giving anything away mm-hmm. and um, they're not taking anything from me either because it is truly because Jesus sent us to be alongsiders to each other and created us to be in fellowship with each other and to know that we're not alone and we are we can be for each other and not against each other and so what that looks like now is, man, I get to fully hug so many of my brothers, my good brothers, my pastors, my mentors, my elders, uh, um, friends, uh, fully, um, and it's just... It's what God intended. It did. It's the version that God intended. They need to know too that there's women that right, women right, right. don't want anything and I, from them. <laughs> and again, this is going back to the discernment. Yes, you know there is. That God did give us discernment for a reason to yes. discern who is safe to do that with. Yes, and who's not. And That's right. Sometimes they're not because they're still on their journey Amen. for whatever it is. Amen. And that's totally okay. Absolutely. And there's women's intuition. Let's clear. That's yeah. That is it. That's it. That's that discernment. It's so. Before we wrap up, I'm going to read a scripture and then I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. So, um, one of the scriptures you had given me was, which is Romans eight twenty eight, which I absolutely love, <laughs> and Amplified version. It says, "And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan." <laughs> for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. So as we're wrapping up, I want you to tell me or tell our audience, our listeners, what are some things with somebody that is 
continuing their their journey maybe they're just starting healing maybe this is the first time they've listened to this and they're like oh man I got some work to do. Yeah. What are some things that you would say to someone or recommend to somebody that helps you as far as healing's concern and freedom? What are some little insights that you can give them as we wrap up? Yeah, well, the, f- the first thing I would say is um, Jesus does love you. <laughs> and if I knew every one of your names, I would call them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that Jesus loves Pam from the very beginning, Mm. and it was my name that he took to the cross. So um, I just want to tell you that you're so loved. Um, And your Heavenly Father um, wants a fullness for you. Mm. And um, You're beautiful, and that doesn't have to be sexual. You are a beautiful new creation. And I was made on purpose. And you were made on purpose. And I have a purpose. And yes, and I am in, in the, yes, that's right. Um, I <laughs> would also uh, encourage um, you to uh, seek professional counseling if mm-hmm. if that is um, is if that's something that uh, you're led to do, um, and get involved with um, a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone talks about needing that village, and you do. You need good people, safe people to come alongside you with mm-hmm. that, that discernment. Um, and uh, it, it's not about going to church. It's right. about being church. And that, that means allowing God to reside inside of you right. and allowing him to be the author of your thoughts right? and not anybody else. Right. And so um, that uh, just that recognizing to say, this happened. I need help. Help with this. And healing. And healing will lead to the restoration mm. of I love that. your story and, and just who you are. I love that. Yeah. And I'll say it. I said it in the last uh, podcast, the last episode is it is not how you were raised. Mm, right. It is how you were made and how you are remade mm. and I have been remade and I have I am whole and I love and I am loved mm. and I just praise God that what the enemy tried to steal and destroy um, has been made new, new and remade. and remade for his glory yeah here I am just a story of redeeming love redemption and most of all hope Mm, i love that yeah well i just want to thank all of you for joining us and uh, i'm just going to reiterate again if this has brought any feelings emotions new memories or you need help with any of these topics that we've discussed please reach out pm pm me on social media and I am happy to help you get the resources you need to begin or to continue your healing and freedom journey. Thank you so much for joining us, Pam. Love you, my sister. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Now What with Kristen Comstock. Be sure to turn on your notifications so you don't miss the next episode. See you next time.